I'm excited today. Shelby and Sharon Johnson, their first Sunday to People's Church was the very first Sunday of the church. They came, 65 people showed up, and they showed up. They were part of the 65 people. Never been to People's Church, of course, because we just started it. And here they are. And through the ups and downs of church, this man and woman have been by our side. Say, we got you. We're with you. And they have been here every step of the way. 13 years ago, Shelby, I said, would you come on staff and help me see more changed lives? 13 years ago, Shelby Johnson joined our staff and has been a pastor at People's Church ever since then. You're going to love his story. This is a man of God, a man of integrity. There's not a lot of faithful people today. This man's a faithful man of God. Give it up for Pastor Shelby Johnson. Better known as Jump Shot Johnson. <laughs> well, Shelby, I want to get right to it because your story is just, it's so powerful. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's a story of hope and uh, how God can just work in people's lives. And Shelby was addicted uh, to drugs for many years. And I want you to hear his story. And Shelby, let's just dive in. Let's talk to him about when was the first time you used drugs? How'd you get involved in, in drugs? Um, it, it actually started out... Uh, I was hanging out with some relatives of mine, and I knew they were indulging in drugs, and um, those were people I just enjoyed hanging around, you know. Uh, my intent was never to use drugs. My reason for my visits was just to visit. I wanted to be around my, my, my relatives, and, but I did know that they indulged. And so one day they offered, I accepted, and um, that's kind of where I got my start. What, what, was, what kind of drug was it, Shelby? It was marijuana. It was marijuana. So yeah. it, was with, it was with family. And how old were you? About 15. About 15, About 15 years, years old, old. Yeah. Shelby. Yeah. I had your first marijuana. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I, I, I know that you and Sharon have been together a long time. And she's we a part of this been. journey. Talk, talk, when did you meet Sharon? How long have you, you and Sharon been together? God, me and Sharon has been together. Uh, we were... Um, since I was about 15, I guess, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know, when I first met Sharon, uh, I, was, I was a small child. You know, I was at, at the park. I was swinging, actually. You know, I'm a swing, and, and um, Sharon drove up in her mama's car. <laughs> yeah, you get it in a minute. She had a bag of candy, and, and I've been uh, following her ever since. Man, I ain't knowing about that story, Shelby. <laughs> no, but I met Sharon. We were neighbors. Uh, she oh, so lived... that part about that candy is not true then. No. <laughs> I do like candy, though. But no, she, she, uh, she was my neighbor. She lived on the corner, and all the kids on the block, we kind of hang out. We hung out at her, at her house. And um, she's a tomboy. She loved playing ball. I love playing ball. And... And we were just really, really good friends, and that's how our relationship begun. So 15, so mm-hmm. you've been, you and Sharon have been together a long yeah, I'm, I'm 62 time. now, so we've been together that long. Wow. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Praise God. Married. Yeah. We're married. Um, Shelby, talk, talk to us about just marijuana, and was, was that the only drug you used, or was there, were there other drugs? Just kind of talk to us about your story of drug and what, what, what you were involved in. Sure. I, I, marijuana was the first drug that I, I experimented with, but after that, you know, um, again, I wanted to, to experiment 
with uh, just whatever was out there. It was pills, a lot of pills, um, uh, cocaine. Um, that, that was my drug of choice. Um, but I would experiment, Herbert, with just uh, pills, acid, uppers, wow. downers, you, you name it, that, that's, that's what I did. That's just the type of lifestyle that I was living at that time. So what, would, when, what drug did you get addicted to and how did you know you were addicted? Mm. Um, rock cocaine, no crack cocaine as they call it now, that's the drug that I became addicted to. And there was a guy that I would get high with. Um, he came over to the house one day. He, uh, he came and he had told me that uh, he's been, he had been looking for me. He couldn't, he hadn't been able to reach me. And at that time, uh, when you're using drugs like that, man, I, I would lock myself down. What do you mean by that? Well, I didn't, I was so busy getting high, I didn't have time for relationships. You know, so, so I stopped going out, I stopped hanging out with friends, and my, my thing was, I'm, I'm gonna get high today. Well, he came by the house today, and I, and I thought he came by to get high. And uh, he did, and he said, well, I just come by to see how you're doing. And I said, I'm doing good. And then he asked me the question, he said, uh, Shelby, uh, when was the last time you didn't get high? You know, I thought that was a crazy question because I was getting high at that moment. <laughs> but, but he said this, he said this. He said, Shelby, can you quit for a week? Can you quit for a week? And after he asked me that, he left. But his question stayed with me. Can I quit for a week? And I went to ask, asking myself that, can I quit for a week? And so I said, I'll quit Monday. I had some drugs with me. I said, well, I'll just quit Monday. Monday's a good day to quit. And so Monday came and I said, well, I'll quit next Monday. <laughs> then the next Monday came and I said, you know what? I'll quit next Monday. And the next Monday came and I said, you know what? I'll, I'll just quit next Monday. And I continued that for about three months. Wow. And then I realized that that drug that I had control was now controlling me. And let me tell you, it was a scary, scary thought to know that something could control you the way that drug did me. Wow, did you, just involved in that lifestyle, did you, were you selling drugs, Shelby? Did you, how were you, you yeah. know, finding yeah. yourself in this situation? Well, in, in, in order to support my habit, I had to sell drugs. I didn't have a job. At that time, how, how, how much how much drugs were you using, Shelby? Uh, easily a thousand dollars a day. Wow, easily, and, and so I had to support myself or my drug habit. And so, yeah, I, I dealt in uh, drugs. So you found yourself being a, a drug dealer, mm -hmm. addicted to drugs, right? Um, and just in that lifestyle, uh, I just know they're hearing stories of people uh, about to lose their life or doing something crazy. Sure. Or just, just tell us about some of the, the worst stories that, that you've had, Shelby, just maybe yeah. even almost losing your life. Yeah, the, the lifestyle itself is dangerous because you're dealing with people who really don't care about you. They don't care about you in that lifestyle. And, and, uh, but that's the type of lifestyle that I chose to, to live. You know, I can remember one, one instance that, um, 
there was a guy that had some uh, belongings of mine that uh, I, I wanted back. And so I went and I approached him about it and we got into a, a fight. And he had a couple of friends there with him that come out of nowhere. And uh, man, I got whooped. I mean, they whooped me, they beat me down. Again, I, I was no gangster. I wasn't a gangster, I was an addict. I didn't, I didn't even own a gun. But I remember uh, after that incident, I, I went home, I was mad. I was just mad. I'd been up for maybe a week or so. And so I wasn't thinking clearly. But I, I knew that I had to, to retaliate. And so again, I didn't have a gun, so I went to my neighbor and, and uh, I borrowed her sawed-off shotgun. And uh, I remember taking the gun home with me, and I, I, was, I loaded the gun up, and then I'm going to walk down the street with the gun. And uh, as I left my house, my dad pulled up. Now, mind you, my dad knew what I was doing, but I hadn't called him. I didn't call him. So he just pulled up, and he seen me walk out the door with the gun. He said, what are you doing? Where are you going? I, so I explained to him, hey, these guys got some things that belong to me. I'm going to get it. I'm going to go repossess my possessions. And he said, okay, get in the truck, I'll go with you. And before we left the house, there was another friend of mine pulled up. And he asked me the same question. He said, what's going on? So I, I tell him the story. He said, okay, I'm with you, let's go. Let's go get your belongings. And so we, we, we leave my house, we go to where these guys were, and they were all standing on on the front porch. And when we drove up, they immediately put their hands behind the back. And my friend said, sure, but they got a gun. And so I, so I get ready to get out the door. My, my friend says to me this, he said, Shelby, now I'm with you. We can do this. But no, when you open that door, there's no turning back. There's no turning back. Because if I would have got out the door with the gun, somebody was going to die. It could have been me, it could have been them. But somebody was going to die. You know, and, and that was just one, one what, what time. Happened? What, what, what happened? What, well, did you, did you? well, I'll tell you what happened. I looked around the van, and it was in my, my father's van. I looked at my dad, and I'm thinking to myself, how did I get my dad involved in this? You see, when, we, when we're using drugs, it, it's not just us. It affects everybody around us, drug use does. Sometimes we think, well, this is just me, it's my life, I'm gonna live it my way. I want you to know that it affects the people that care about you. And so I looked around and I looked at my dad, I'm thinking, how did I get my dad involved in this? I looked at my friend, and I'm thinking, how did I get my friend involved in this? And I remember telling my dad, Stop. Take me home. Hmm. Take me home. Wow. That was, that was one time and, and another time. And I didn't know about this time uh, that I almost got, got shot. It was, actually, I was coming here to People's Church. I had a guy walk up to me. He introduced himself and he said. This he, is years later, right? After you've yeah, been this preaching. is years later. I mean, this is after I got saved. I'm going to church. My life has totally changed. But he walks up to me in the church, he say, he introduced himself, he said, you don't remember me, do you? I said, no. 
He said, well, he's the uncle of a guy that we did a, a drug deal with. The drug deal went bad. This guy had, had uh, ran off with a whole lot of money of ours. And uh, we went over to his house to, to again, I'm not, I didn't go to retaliate or I just need to know what you did with my money. And so I go to his house and the people who came to the door, we had words. The guy wasn't there and so we left. Well, this guy that, he was telling me that while I was there on the porch, he was across the street in the field and he had me in his sight. He said he pulled the trigger and he said the gun didn't go off. Then he said this, I want you to know that I take very good care of my guns. He said God's hand was on your life. And to, that, to this day, I, I believe that. You know, the Bible said that while we were yet sinners. Yeah. Christ died for us. You see, while we were in a place not thinking about God, God was thinking about us. So true, Shelby. So true. Talk, talk to me about Shelby. Just, just tell us about, uh, here you are, drug dealer, addicted to drugs, um, doing things you never dreamed you'd be doing, you know? Mm. And just what are some of the consequences wow. that you would say to us of of living the lifestyle that you were living. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was in that lifestyle for 18 years. 18 years. You know, a guy named Edmund Burke says this, that uh, evil triumphs when good men do nothing. Evil triumphs when good men do nothing. For 18 years, I was doing nothing about my family. You with me? And because of that, I struggled in my marriage. I struggled being an example for my children for 18 years. You know, the time of my life when I should have been in college or the time of my life when I should have been building a career or the time of life I, I, I should have been, you know, a better husband to my wife. I was consumed by that lifestyle. I lost friends. I lost lots of possessions. And I, I think the biggest part of it, I, in a way, I know it affected my children hmm. to some degree. To some degree, it affected them. So there's, there's huge consequences to it. You and Sharon, did you, did she, you guys ever separate? Oh, we you? separated twice because of that. Hmm. Yeah, we separated twice. We, we paid for a divorce. We didn't go through with the divorce, but, but we paid for a divorce. Uh, that drug... It destroyed everything I, I cared about. I, I did care about my wife. I did care about my children. I did care about my, my family, but that drug had a control of me. Hmm. It controlled everything. It controlled where I went. It controlled the people I hung around. It controlled when I got up and when I went to bed. It controlled what I eat. It, it controlled everything about me. Hmm. It took me to places that, that I had not been. You know that old saying that, that sin would take you farther than you ever wanted to go and keep you longer than you ever wanted to stay? Well, that was my story. What it, was the turning point? You have 18 years in this lifestyle, addicted to drugs, selling drugs. Your whole world is wrapped up in drugs. What was your turning point? The turning point was when I almost got my, my father killed. He could have he died. So that day in that car was your turning point. Yeah, that day in, in, in that car when I asked my dad, I said, just take me home. Hmm. Take me home. I, I remember he, 
he went, he dropped me off, and I just started thinking, I got to get out of this. I got, I got to get out of this lifestyle. And uh, so I called my mom um, because I didn't know anybody else. I mean, any good people. My parents were the only good people that I knew. So I called them. I say, can I move in? Here I am, 35 years old. I said, can I, I got to be around some good people. And, and she allowed me to, to move in with my family. Huh. With my family. And so that, that was the turning point for me. That's when, that's when the journey started, when I, when I decided to fight back, because I knew that this thing was, was trying to take me out. Hmm. There was, there was either, I was either going to go to jail or I was going to die. And I didn't want to do that. So I began to fight this thing that was trying to destroy my life. How did you fight it? So you move in with your parents, with your family, yeah. 35 years old, 18 years in, in this lifestyle. Right. What, what, what happened? <laughs> you know, there was a little church up on this hill um, that I knew I had to get to. You know, being in Oklahoma, you know, this is the Bible bad. People always shared Christ with you. I had, I had a wonderful sister, got a wonderful sister that, that shared the gospel of Jesus Christ with me. But, but I never did move on it. But she did plant the seeds. She did plant seeds. And, and so I remember once I moved into my parents' house, um, the first thing I did, I went to that little church on the hill. I went to that little church on the hill. They had the altar call. I went down front. And I remember telling God this. I said, God, here I am. I'm a mess. I don't know what you're going to do with me, but I'm yours. I'm yours. I, I gave my life to the Lord, and uh, I remember any time that, that church, those church doors would open, I was there. I don't, it, it may have been worship experience, maybe in Sunday school, maybe a Wednesday night experience, it may, it may have been prayer, it may be to clean up the building, it may have been to cut the yard. Anytime the doors was open, I was in there. That started the process because I wanted to get to know this God that I had given my life to. To me, that was huge. I had given my life to this God. You hear me? So I wanted to get to know him. And so I had to put myself in a place where, where he's been taught, where he's been worshiped, where he's been praised. And I, I remember, you know, uh, we, Friday nights come around and, and uh, man, we, I had nothing to do on Friday nights now. I didn't hang out, I didn't go to clubs anymore. And so I remember going to the pastor, I said, can you come let us in, we wanna pray. We wanna pray. And so it was about five young men that, that, that was with me during this time. And we all gave our life to the Lord at the same time. And so we just, we just started going to church on Friday nights. Pastor would come up, unlock the doors and let us in. And we would just pray. I remember you told me, Pastor, what did he tell you after a month or two of that? What did the pastor tell you? Oh, well, he finally gave us a set of keys. He said, here, I'm not coming back up here on a Friday night. Here's the key, let yourself in. <laughs> so we would come Friday nights and we would show back up on Saturday mornings and uh, we started our first uh, community group. You had a small group going, man. Yeah, yeah, we did. And it was life changing. But we went to the, in our community group, uh, we would, uh, we started out, we wanted to learn scripture. We wanted to learn scripture. 
Uh, we had a good preacher, you know, we would go to, and he went, uh, and I said, Reverend, Reverend Moore, man, this is what's going on in my life. Can you help me out? He would say, he would simply say to me, Shelby, what did God say? I said, Reverend Moore, I don't know. You, you know what God said. I don't. Tell me. What did God say? But he would never tell me. He, would, he wouldn't. And so what that, what that forced me to do was get to know God for myself. It, it forced me to get into the word of God myself. And that's what he was trying to teach me, to get in the word, get to know the God, get to know his word. And so that's what I did. I got into the word. I got into the word and the word began to change me. What happened at that small group though? You guys started to meet and what, what happened there, man? Well, it was crazy because we first just wanted to uh, outdo each other by memorizing scripture. <laughs> Who could memorize the longest scripture, right? And you know, I, I memorized King James, so I always thought I was a little bit better than them. Because they, they did NIV and, and that type of thing, but I did all of these thous and, and the thuses, I remembered all that. So I was a little bit more holier than them. And so we went Not. To, <laughs> so we went to memorizing scripture, right? But, but, but one Saturday morning, we, 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 we came in, and it was just really, really quiet in there. It's quiet. And uh, all of a sudden, one of the guys said, man, I struggle with lust. Got quiet again. And then around the table, another guy would say, hey, I struggle with lust. And another guy said, I also struggle with that. And we found out that we had a lot of things in common. You see, the addiction that I had was just, a, it was just one of the sinful things I had in my life. It was something that you could see, but I had some sin inside of me. So what we did, we began to allow the scripture to become flesh. We did what the Bible said. It says, confess your faults one to another, pray, that's inviting God into the situation, and then the Bible says, then be healed. So good. Yeah, you, you, you confess, you pray, and you be healed. And we had a lot of healing to do, so, so there was healing. Y'all went from impressing to confessing. <laughs> that's good, Pastor. I'm yeah. using that next service. Yeah, yeah, I like that. <laughs> if I don't beat you too. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's when God really began to work in you guys' life. When you start yeah. confessing, getting real with yeah. one another. Yeah, we start putting the word into play. We start living out the word. Let me ask you this, Shelby. So you go to the church. You, 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 for you, the route, God didn't use Celebrate Recovery or 12-step program. Mm -mm. He used the church. It's the mechanism he used to set you free. He, and... So, so did you go to church that Sunday morning, give you your life to Jesus and never use drugs again? Or what was your journey? No, you know, let me say this about Celebrate Recovery and 12-step programs. They are awesome. They're helping a lot of people. But God wanted to do my delivery himself. Amen, amen. He wanted to do my delivery himself. And so, and so when I went down to the altar that day, um, it wasn't a thing where I was instantly set free. It was a journey for me. It was a journey for me. But I was determined to fight. When I, when I gave my life to the Lord, I truly gave him my life. Hmm. And I can remember there was times I was sitting in the church service, the cravings would come. The cravings would come. And, and, and yeah, there was sometimes I, I did succumb to the cravings. 
right, uh, immediately after church. But, but in my mind, I would not give up. Mm. So you'd be back to church next Sunday. Oh, back in church next Sunday. Yeah, and then I mean, it would open the doors. And then there was a time, yeah, I remember you telling me, Shelby, you went, was it a whole year? Tell, tell, tell us that story, yeah, yeah, Shelby, yeah, that I, story in the. I went a whole year, uh, clean and sober, and around Christmas time came and, and um, man, uh, I went out feeling good, out shopping, and I went and got a drink. Then later on that night, um, I went and got some cocaine. And so I relapsed after about a year. Uh, didn't, didn't come home to the next morning. My wife was upset. Um, she had called one of the pastors at the church because he, he had noticed because I've been out all Saturday night and then Sunday morning I didn't go to church, okay? And he knew something was wrong. Again, because I, I, I went to church every day. And, and so she had called him and he came over that afternoon and um, he said, man, have you got, got right with God? I said, yeah. Uh, he said, did you make it right with your wife? I said, yeah. And then he said, get up, dust the dust, dust off, let's get back to church. And we went back to church that evening. I won't quit. I won't give up. And look here, I will not look back. There's nothing back there for me. How, since that moment, how many years have you been clean? It's been 26 years I've been clean. 26 years from that Sunday night. Yeah. Shelby Johnson, free yeah. from drugs. Yeah. What would you say if you could give, there are people here yeah. today at all of our campuses that are watching and online that are watching mm -hmm. and they're dealing with an addiction. What would you say to them if you could give them one piece yeah. of advice from Shelby Johnson? Yeah. God has a plan and purpose for your life. Did you hear what I said? God has a plan. It's not Pastor Shelby's plan. It's not Pastor Herbert's plan. It's God's plan. It's not your plan. My wife once said to me, Shelby, it was your best thinking on your best day that got us into trouble. <laughs> wow. So I had to get out of my Whoa. plan. Whoa. Uh, she full of wisdom. So, <laughs> your best thinking on your best day. <laughs> yeah, and so, and so I had to get into God's plan. And, and the word of God says this, that I have a plan and purpose for your life. And it's not to harm you, but it's to give you hope and a future. He said, in those days when you call upon me, yeah. I will be found by you. Yes. And he said, that I will release you from whatever it is that's holding you captive. And I will bring about restoration in your life. So that's what I did. And that's what you ought to do if you're struggling today. Get to know this God. Serve him wholeheartedly. And he will reveal himself to you. And whatever is holding you captive, he's going to release you. And he's going to bring about restoration. He'll bring about restoration in your addiction 
It may be your marriage. It may be a relationship. God is about restoring us to the place that he created us to be in. Wow. Shelby Johnson, 18 years, drugs, set free 26 years ago. No college education, no theology degree, but he's a pastor at a thriving church with thousands of people for 13 years. But God, I said, but God, look at God. Can we give God some praise? One more time, thanks Shelby Johnson for sharing his story. Thank you, Shelby. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God. What a mighty God. You can be seated. I ask that you just remain seated and not leave until the end of the service. God wants to do some things at this very moment. Right now, I realize, just eyes closed for a moment, heads bowed at all of our locations right now. And I realize as eyes are closed and heads are bowed, there are those of you struggling with an addiction. It may be drugs, it may be pills, it may be gambling, it may be pornography, it may be alcohol, it may be food. You're, you're struggling with an addiction. And I do know that God use, uses a variety of ways to set people free. He does use Celebrate Recovery and Teen Challenge and 12-step programs. And he does use, like Shelby, he surrendered his life to Jesus and just through a process of staying committed to God and his word and getting in a small group and confessing and he found freedom. He found freedom. He just wasn't going to give up and God was not going to give up on Shelby and Shelby didn't give up on God and God set Shelby free. There are times that just in a moment, Jesus will set people free instantaneously. And today I want to pray. Whatever process God wants to use in your life, I want to pray today that God would set you free from the addiction that you're facing today. If you're facing an addiction today, with eyes closed, heads bowed, I'm going to ask you just to put your hand up and put it right back down. And I'm going to lead you in a prayer to be set free today. That's it. Just slip your hand up and slip it back down. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to pray for you right now, and I want to encourage you. I'm going to pray for you, and I want to encourage you. Not only do I want to pray for you, Jesus has set you free, but I want you to find a small group. I want you to get in, go to group life. Find a small group. Get involved. Like Shelby, Shelby started a small group. Drug addicts, I'm going to get some good men or good women around me. I'm going to start. I'm going, I need some help people to walk beside me.